and welcome to the Legal Geeks, a very special edition. May the 4th be with all of you. That's right. Today is our special Star Wars 4th of May uh, special edition where we are going to talk all things Star Wars. And because it is such a momentous occasion, Josh and I had to bring in a couple extra people to help us out today discuss Star Wars. So with us, in addition to Josh, are two Star Wars experts, Megan Hitchcock. Hi, Megan. Hello. And Roger... <laughs> Sorry, slight delay there with the mute buttons. And also Roger Keelis. Hi, Roger. How are you? Great. How are you? Good. Thank you. And now, Josh, welcome. And I'm going to turn it over to you to start the discussion. Hello, everyone. It's great to have everybody here because we are all attorneys. And we all have our own unique origin stories from Roger being <laughs> great Judge Torino's clerk many moon ago to make mm-hmm. and I going to law school together. So we are here to discuss all Ooh, things. I want some law school stories. Okay. I was hoping we'd pass the Bechtel test. <laughs> I got some of those. I definitely have those. <laughs> okay. Well, Megan pays down student loan debt by blackmailing me for stories we'll talk about later. But <laughs> everything I did was constitutional. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> on who's rating? <laughs> it would survive strict scrutiny. But with that, let's get down to some Star Wars coolness that Megan recently did because she is based in Southern California and she went to Orlando for the Star Wars marathon. And Megan, can you tell us about how many races you ran? And what swag you got. <laughs> All right. So it's called the Dark Side Half Marathon. Um, the Light Side was here in uh, Southern California in January at Disneyland. Um, so because I couldn't get into that one, I did the Dark Side, which is in uh, Orlando. And it was, um, if you do the Dark Side Challenge, it's a 10K on Saturday and then the Half Marathon on Sunday. And wow. So it's basically you're running 19 miles. Yeah. Over the weekend, right? Just yeah. over impressive. Yeah. And they they have a very strict um, requirement about uh, minutes. So you have to be able to do 16 minutes. Like you have to do a 16 minute um, mile. And so they were at because the, the marathon or the half marathon goes into each of the Disney parks. So it starts in Epcot, goes around Epcot, and then it goes into. Um, the Magic Kingdom, then uh, Universal, or not Universal, um, <laughs> Disney, <laughs> Disney Hollywood, and then it goes into um, the uh, Animal Kingdom. And they had buses outside of every uh, park sweeping up people who were more than 16 minutes out. And wow. I stopped once for a, t- for a picture with Chewy, and they, as I was leaving the picture line, they said, if you get in this line, you'll never finish the half. So, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like the long walk. Remember that old Bachman book yes. by Stephen King? Yeah. He just brought back yes. visions of that. <laughs> yeah. It was super fun, though. I mean, it's hot. It's Orlando. It's humid. Um, but I got these sweet three medals, so I got one for the for the half and then I got one for the 10k and then you get the dark side challenge medal. My friend who was with me, um, her husband ran the light side here and then did the dark side in Florida with me. And that's called the Kessel run challenge. So he got a total of seven medals cause he had three in, um, at Anaheim and then three in 
Orlando and then an extra Kessel Run. So it look it's the Millennium Falcon is the is the medal. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, you have to show us these medals and then we'll post pictures of them yes. online too. But let's see what they look like and we'll describe them a little bit. Okay. So the half marathon one is um <gasps> Darth Vader. So it's a spinner though. The center spins around and shows uh Ooh, <clears throat> the, the evil emperor, emperor on one side. Nice. So and that looks heavy. Is it heavy? It's heavy. It's very heavy. And, <laughs> and I'm not a runner, so I was like jog walking. <laughs> so, um, and I think I have now uh, torn a meniscus, so I'm going, I'm going to end up having surgery because of these medals. Oh, no. <laughs> totally worth it. Totally worth it. So then the, the uh, 10K medals, a uh, TIE fighter. Wow. Very cool. And again, very heavy looking. These are substantial medals. They are. They're really heavy. And then the dark side challenge medal is the um, Death Star. Wow. Wow. So cool. So was it a huge run? I mean, could you tell? Were there just thousands and thousands of runners? Do you know, do they cap it at some size? There, it was capped. There were 40,000 people in the parks for the, for the, the whole experience, the whole weekend. Um, I think 25,000 people ran it. Okay. Wow. Amazing. Did you see a lot of people running it in costume? You know what? They, there were some people in costumes, but um, they cut down on what you're allowed to wear. Like two years ago, we saw people running in TIE fighter costumes um, <laughs> in the, the Anaheim one. Uh, they cut down on it. So you can wear certain body costumes uh like there was a lot of chewies and there was a lot of hans and a lot and a lot of rays um but uh for the most part you had to if you were going to wear a a cape or anything like that you had it had to be really short you couldn't have anything with you unless it was a lightsaber you could have one lightsaber (laughs) that was it And then there was, um, there were people all along the course. So there were stormtroopers all along the course. Kylo Ren was along the course. They were showing clips of the movie along the course. It was super wow. fun. Wow. I've done a few half marathons and one marathon many, many, many years ago. Um, and you, but this one sounds amazing. I want to get my running back up just so I can do this one. It was so much fun. The swag was better than anything else, though. Like, just all the stuff <laughs> inside the expo, all that stuff was so cool. Wow. Very cool. And I am impressed by anybody running as chewy in that humid Florida weather. That would be Ooh, hard. Oh. I know, and we started at 5 a.m., so it was it was oh. dark when we started. <laughs> oh, I guess because they want to get you all out of the park in time, eh? So that way they can have yeah. people come in. Yeah, definitely. Right. The 5 a.m. start may have just cut me out. I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't bring the kids. I, I see that ending badly. <laughs> oh, well, I know no, that is been, very cool. That would have been one of the first ones they took out on one of those buses. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been removed on a stretcher. So yeah, uh, like. I, believe me, at mile ten, the wheels were coming off this bitch. So like, I was just, I just saw like, <laughs> I could see that things were not going well, and I was, I was like, I'm just gonna make it. So, yeah. <laughs> just, just keep icing, and you've got those medals now forever. I do, and I'm very excited. <laughs> well worth it. <laughs> That's right. Wow. I am so jealous. That is so cool. 
Rock on. So you, everyone, you can see lawyers do other things besides write briefs and oppositions to summary judgment motions and do depot crap. Sometimes we run marathons. And other times we go like, wow, that looks super impressive. I would, I would not, that would not end well for me. So, but, but hey, since we're lawyers, let's get legal. Let's be clear. I only did it for the medals. That is a good reason to do it. They are sharp looking medals. And I know this is great radio. So don't worry. We'll have pictures so you can check out what they look like. So with that. Let's talk about some legal issues in Star Wars from The Force Awakens and the Rogue One trailer, not to be confused with Rouge One. Remember, Rogue (laughs) One, placement of the U is important. Because you could be Rouge if you actually write it. So let's talk about how Rey can be the legal owner of Luke's original lightsaber that I believe was acquired by Anakin at the end of Attack of the Clones, or he made it, but regardless, that was the one he used to slaughter younglings and slug it out with Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi before Obi-Wan Kenobi showed a poor work ethic and could have just finished him off by a little force push <laughs> into the lava, and we all would have been done with this. But no, Obi-Wan just left him there to smolder. For so, good TV. You know, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> we can talk about the prequels another time. So, with that, <laughs> let's talk about treasure and that lightsaber that was in a box. It landed from Cloud City someplace and it calls to Ray. So, Jess, you were the hero who blogged about the Goonies and treasure. <laughs> Oh, Josh, my memory's not that good. Did I do that? I barely remember the Goonies, much less blogging about it. <laughs> I do not remember the Goonies. Oh. It's, it's, the Goonies, I remember. The pirate ship, most definitely. You know, your, your legal analysis is good enough for me. So, <laughs> let's talk about so the lightsaber calls to her. Is she the legal owner of it? No way. I mean, as long as Luke is still alive, because, right, if you said, okay, if somehow Luke were dead, Anakin's dead, and if she really is Luke's daughter, as most of us are speculating, then you could argue, you know, other under intestate laws, like unless Ma somehow had come by it rightfully, you know, if it were actually stolen property or something, she could have a claim to it as a rightful heir to it that way. Um, as long as Luke is alive, though, I don't see how she has any claim to it. Again, you know, unless some how the last is considering mystical rights and if you know it's like Odin and the hammer and who which Thor does that belong to kind of idea but um as long as Luke is alive I don't see how Ray has any claim to it either Maz or Luke own it but wouldn't it be abandoned is it abandoned though she has it in her treasure chest if everything in my basement's abandoned I'm in deep trouble <laughs> <laughs> well abandoned from Luke was it a ban or was it taken and he couldn't find it? Well, his hand was cut off. I know. I don't think he was intending to get it back. 
well, the, the hand, hand with it. I was <laughs> going to say the hand wasn't it. in the box. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, God. I didn't even think about that. That would actually be pretty cool if the hand still holding it was there. <laughs> with a but even if he abandoned it. Oh, sorry. What, Josh? Well, if his hand was still on it, it's definitely a mark of appropriation. <laughs> so if he still had the get death grip on it. But if Moz pried his fingers off of it, uh, or if it was in space, or how did – what was Cloud City orbiting? So was that in a gas giant? Was there terra firma down below? I do think it falls into the category of lost. And as something that's lost, it's presumed that it should go back to its original owner. But over 30 years have passed, which could put it into the abandoned category, which is slightly different. Uh, it's a tough one because it, it can go a couple different directions. But then Moz has it, right? How does Ray get it? We don't know how Moz gets it. And so that was the writers going, we'll leave something for another time. So maybe they hadn't figured that out yet. <laughs> <laughs> and it's okay to have mystery it's really okay to have mystery well it is although of course anytime we bring up jj abrams and mystery i mean as much as i love what he's done with star wars i still think about the black smoke monster on loss and i still get a little nervous <laughs> and jj's like don't worry you've got a plan <laughs> well at least at least lost works for like four seasons and then it just jumped the shark after that so <laughs> we, we we might have like another two Aww. good star wars movies and then just a mess all over again that's why it's a trilogy we're gonna be okay there there's a game plan we're gonna be okay so roger what are your thoughts on the luke's lightsaber and whether it's Ray's or is she just a Bailey, what do you think? I mean, my thought was that it was abandoned or at least lost. And then even if, obviously, Maz was in possession of it, but it seemed to be much more of a, I'm, I'm, Maz seemed to be a bit of the Bailey. Like she, she seemed to, to really be just holding it for someone else, whether that someone else was going to be Ray or whether it's supposed to be given back to Luke. It didn't quite seem like she was possessing title to it or taking title to it, even if it was abandoned. Because she kept it in the drunk drawer, locked away. (laughs) She was walking around with it. It wasn't on on the wall. She wouldn't do lightsaber tricks. (laughs) (laughs) She wasn't making uh, ice sculptures with it. Well, and actually, that's a good point. Didn't she even seem to expect Ray to find it or she was Mm -hmm. certainly okay with Ray finding it. So that is true. Maybe she was basically holding it um, and waiting for the rightful owner. Well, she did say, uh, you know, uh, it's yours. It belongs to you. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, in that case, I take back my earlier assessment. They've convinced me. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how property works. Your Honor, I will will stay on that argument. (laughs) I know. You got to know when to shut up, right? You're like, I'm already winning. I'll stop talking. (laughs) I agree with everything you said, Your Honor. (laughs) Admitted. Don't lose by talking more. I think we'll find out the backstory with Maz and and how she got it, but either Ray gave it back to Luke and he either keeps it or, hey, it's yours because you're in the bloodline. Because why Mm -hmm. else would Obi-Wan Kenobi be telling her, hey, it's 
this is your lightsaber. These are your first steps. Because so, <laughs> he's third Skywalker he's mentored. But I wonder if, um, I mean, obviously this is getting way out there now, but if we're dealing with something as metaphysical as the Force, realistically then, if there could be any sort of proof that the item is calling to you, that if that in and of itself would then entail some level of ownership. There was the Clone Wars episode where they got into how lightsabers are made, where they took the younglings to, I don't remember which planet, where the crystals are, Mm -hmm. and a crystal would call to the uh, Padawan, uh, who would then use that crystal to make the lightsaber. Perhaps it was the crystal itself calling to Rey. Yeah. And then an already constructed lightsaber. <laughs> Certainly possible. We'll, yeah. we'll have to we'll have to call up JJ. Yeah, we could pitch it. I mean like maybe maybe <laughs> we're creating the out for them. So <laughs> You brought up a good point, Josh, though. This is the third Skywalker. Is there a point where uh where Obi-Wan's like, All right, this time <laughs> Gonna get it right. Third time's a charm, right? That's what he's thinking. I got it. I know what I'm doing now. I saw what I went wrong before. I've got this one. The first two were totally whiny. She's not. Mm -hmm. Apparently, the desert upbringing worked well for her as opposed to the first two. So I think think everything's going to be hunky-dory. We've been wrong before. I don't think Ray is Obi-Wan's granddaughter. Because that would mean Obi-Wan kind of threw that vow out the window. And who did he have relations with to father a child who would then go on to be one of Ray's parents? So I don't think it would be him. But we've been wrong before, and anything can happen. Let's, let's talk more about Kylo Ren and that creepy shrine to Grandpa. <laughs> now I, I'm very fond of both of my grandfathers. I have pictures of both of them in their prime in World War II, and I look up to them immensely. So I, I get that. However, I don't have the skull of my paternal grandfather on display for me to talk to it, kind of in a Hamlet sort of way, because that's <laughs> so. And what were those ashes? I mean, are those all of Ray or Kylo's extinguished enemies? Or were those leftover Gramps' ashes? Well, that's just creepy. Yeah. Yeah. The more you think about it... That is creepy. I had not really thought about the ashes. The ashes part is gross. The more you think about it, the more you want Kylo Ren in therapy, because this is not normal behavior of putting somebody's body part on display and having it as a shrine. Well, unless you're a serial killer. Yeah. I think he qualifies. Yeah. There's a great uh, parody Twitter account called Emo Kylo Ren. Oh, I love that Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Love it. It is absolutely hysterical. It's like, I miss my grandpa so much, even though I've never met him. Well, have, you, have you seen the Very Lonely Luke one, too? I've seen it. Skywalker is my favorite, actually. Oh. I love him. Those are great. <laughs> Those parody accounts. That's half of what makes Twitter so great. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The day that they John, enter- it is funny, too, that you mentioned Hamlet. It was, oh, go ahead. Sorry, what? The, the, the time the two parody accounts interacted with each other. Yeah. That was classic. <laughs> so I saw that day. Yeah, Kylo going like, 
venting about having to carry Luke on his back. <laughs> and Luke's reply was, well, I'm sorry I was tired from all the years I spent holding the galaxy up on my back. So was, <laughs> no one in our family has hair like you. So, yeah, there was <laughs> some awesome stuff. Well, so, maybe he's born with it. <laughs> or maybe it's Maybelline. I was just going to say that. <laughs> it's the force. He holds his hair together with the force. So that's... It's a weave. He's getting extensions there on the death Please. planet. The force has to be cheaper than conditioner. <laughs> that is true. I have short hair. So... <laughs> No, but speaking of Hamlet, it did have, as we were talking about this for tonight, I was, you know, especially with Shakespeare's 400th birthday just happening, I did keep thinking about, you know, alas, poor York, I knew him well, and kind of the whole skull thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, which I guess you could argue that there's some of the same kind of emo torment in Kylo Ren as there is in Hamlet. I'm not smart enough to start making comparisons between um <laughs> Hamlet and uh, Star Wars or Shakespeare and Star Wars, but I'm assuming somebody has, right? Somebody must have done that. Just Probably. We're, we're lawyers who break down the legal issues. I'm sure there's an English major who's broken down those comparisons. So, yeah. Star Wars and iambic pentameter and all that good stuff. So, it, it has <laughs> to exist. There are creative folks out there. <laughs> well, let's talk about the legal side of this of desecration of a corpse. Because we have rules about dead bodies. We want them <laughs> buried. We don't want the dead freaking out the living by laying around. So we have all these rules about how dead bodies are stored, uh, rules for crema- cremation, transporting them, uh, rules for digging up a corpse. So we have all these rules. So let's jump in and think about you have grandpa's head on display and <laughs> the desecration of a corpse issues with that. And so, uh, Megan, do you want to take point on this one? Sure. Go to the head of the class. Sure. Sure. Um, okay. So, you know, as Josh was saying, there is a public policy, especially from contagious diseases since, you know, uh, that's how the plague started. Um, so, uh, you know, He's well within, Luke was well within his rights to, uh, you know, have his body cremated and, and have uh, Darth's body, body cremated and burn it. And um, I don't believe that he had any duty because as uh, normal human beings today, there are many people, their, their relatives or loved ones cremated and then sprinkle them everywhere. So I don't think he had any duty past that to, besides cremating the body and then leaving the ashes, I don't think there's much um, to do. I mean, I don't think there's recycling going on over there. We don't have to go with the (laughs) ecological issues (laughs) of leaving the helmet sitting there. So I'm sure he probably thought like, Hey, I burned his body. Uh, he's not coming back. And I did what I was supposed to do and left it there. And I think they probably buried it because they don't want Ewoks turning it into a drum set. (laughs) Cause we, we do have precedent with them doing that with, with Imperials. So they probably buried, you know, what was left after the funeral pile. Or launched into space like Spock if they wanted to do a crossover. (laughs) There's that, but there's resources there. Now, Roger, what are your thoughts on Vader's head on display? Because that meant going and either digging up said remains and either the head severed or or broke (laughs) off. 
<laughs> Did he use the lightsaber yeah. to, to free Grandpa's head from his body? Uh, I mean, at, at that point, he may not even need the lightsaber. That's just a, you know, pop. <laughs> but um, I think, and this is, maybe this is just the lawyer in me, but, you know, we don't know whether his head is actually there or whether it's just the mask you know, and part of the helmet itself. So, it, it, I mean, if I recall correctly... I remember it being like something like three quarters of the helmet. Like it was like the backside of it. The backside of the bottom was missing. So huh. theoretically, <laughs> I do my research, <laughs> but uh, theoretically, uh, I guess the head could have been removed already, um, which if that's the case, then it's not an issue of, of desecrating a corpse. However, for argument's sake, yeah, even if we want to say that there's some modest amount of uh, Anakin left in the helmet, <laughs> uh, then you know the argument could be made that that would, in and of itself, be desecration of the corpse. So, I mean, I, I think you then get into these you know minutia arguments as to you know what amount would be const- would actually <laughs> constitute the body <laughs> versus uh, versus be just a very disgusting argument to have in court and i can't imagine the mm-hmm. expert opinions on that <laughs> yeah absolutely your your honor there's only a handful of his ashes <laughs> just a little few pieces of scalp left <laughs> exactly yeah, but- there's, there's another possibility in play the body could have been absorbed into the Force, as what happened to Yoda, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, in the books, after uh, uh, Mara Jade is killed, you know they do the funeral pile for her, and her body's absorbed into the Force. But that's only for good Force people, not bad Force people. What if but t- Anakin shows up at the end next to Obi-Wan and Yoda? Later. <laughs> no, 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 he was always there, but they changed the character. That's what ticked me off. They had all the ugly Darth Vader Anakin in the original Return of the Jedi's. And then when George Lucas had to go through and mess with everything later on, they changed it to Hayden, which is one of the many changes at the end of Return of the Jedi's that annoyed me. But he was always there at the end. And so that, I think, is the biggest argument for his body disappearing. Yeah. And if that's the case, so he was absorbed into the Force, so it's just the body armor that's left over, there technically wasn't a corpse there. Yeah. But you could go, since the helmet and the body armor are so intertwined with the physical body, because it's not like you could take it off, it was part of him at that point in time i still think there could be an argument for desecration but, but it's, didn't he take the helmet off that one time remember we saw the back of his head yeah so the helmet could come off but the chest and everything was it was a walking wet respirator so it's not like he changed but the part that kylo has came off mm-hmm. true either with or without a skull in it so there's there's a that's just kind of creepy it's kind of creepy. It is yeah. creepy, but also at the same time as someone who's very sentimental and loves having stuff from my grandparents, be it like jewelry or other, you know, random little things. I'm like, you know, obviously he's used it for evil purposes now, but maybe even Luke kept it at first, you know, because do you Luke want your was like, this is the only thing I have left from my father. Do you want your grandmother's ring with her finger still in it, though? It is. <laughs> but I'm a 
I mean, this is, oh, yes, I'm going with the assumption that the body did actually do whatever the term was for when the body just disappear for the force. Yeah. You're right. I mean, yes, you know, I don't want that. But I'm like, also yeah. at the same time, I bet, you know, I probably have an old hairbrush with some one of those silver antique hairbrushes that probably still has some of my grandma's hair on it which I haven't thought about until now, <laughs> which is a little bit gross, but it's this antique silver hairbrush from my grandma. So of course I'm mm-hmm. going to keep it. I mean, if you think about it in terms of, uh, of army families or military families, you know, someone may have someone's old, uh, be it uniform or uh, combat helmet or something to that degree. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a very similar premise to at least what could have happened with uh with kylo and and darth but uh i mean i guess you know it's one of those mysteries that we'll have to uh we'll have to call jj about because we all have him on speed dial so. oh yeah <laughs> so who's whose ashes were those whose ashes were those so yes uh let's yeah let's take a another jump into this and talk about the rogue one trailer now, Judge Torino gets credit for this because when that bad boy came out, that magnificent work of art, he sent me a note that said, it begins with an arraignment. <laughs> <laughs> Kudos to him for spotting that because that's his day job. And God bless him for doing that. So the charges against uh, Jane uh, Urso is forgery of imperial documents possession of stolen property, aggravated assault, and resisting arrest, all of which are crimes on earth. Federal and states have different punishments for those. Let's break down, if the Empire had anything similar to our jurisprudence, how much time she would do in a federal penitentiary. And so, Jess, do you want to take this... Kick it off for us? Yes. I'll say a little bit. I will start off with saying my brother is actually the prosecutor. I stay as far away from criminal law as possible, aside from one very long and depressing uh, death penalty case in Texas. So aside from that, I don't know much about criminal law, but I do know that the federal sentencing guidelines can be very complicated. And then there's all these things about different points and things that are time that's added or taken away and all kinds of things and whether sentences are served consecutively, which means that for each crime, you actually have to add the time on. So if one crime you have three years for and another one you have five, if that time is served consecutively, you serve eight years in jail, prison, excuse me, not jail. Um, or uh, if that time is served concurrently, which I think is kind of, I think that's a default. And then you usually get to serve time for both of them at the same time so that minimizes the overall time so with all those legal disclaimers I will just note that you know it's tough because um, a lot of these some of them are smaller uh, crimes that could actually just be used to enhance the bigger crimes like forgery of imperial documents for example that's usually one that's actually um, punished just by imprisonment in a county jail and jails for versus prison I think, and if anyone else is a criminal law expert, you can correct me, but I think, you know, before I clerked for a criminal judge, I use those two terms interchangeably, when in fact, they usually mean different things. Jail is where you go when you're awaiting trial, if you're not released on a bond of some sort, and then there can also be county and state jails where you can serve time 
for minor crimes. I know, for example, in Texas, there was a state jail, and I think you could only serve time there. It had, it had to be over, under one or two years. But prison, I think like in the federal prison system or most states, prison is where you go after you've actually been sentenced. So if you're in prison, you have been found guilty of something and sentenced to prison time. Does that sound right? Yeah. All right. Everyone's nodding at me. So I will assume that's right. Again, my brother is a criminal prosecutor. He used to be the one doing this part. Um, but anyway, so like forgery, for example, so that's just a small crime with, you know, imprisonment in county jail. So that may just be used as enhancement for some of the other ones. Now, forgery of a passport, obviously, the federal government does not like stuff like that. So that one, for example, you can actually be charged, depending on what you're doing and if it's tied into like terrorism or something, which based on what she's doing and based on the fact that these are the rebels versus the um, the empire, there's a good chance that she'd be found that the forgery or false use of a passport was connected to some sort of terrorism act, then she could get up to 25 years. So those are a couple of the first ones that they talked about in the uh, in the the awesome trailer for Rogue One. If somebody else wants to jump in and talk about some of the other sentences now, Roger, uh, off to you for the <laughs> the next one, which is uh, I think stolen property. Yes. So stolen property, generally the amount of the value, the, the amount uh, or the value of the property that's stolen is going to determine the some of the severity with respect to the sentencing that's involved. Um, and certainly also the methodology of, of how that property was acquired. You know, was that property acquired through uh, an aggra- aggravated offense, uh, like through use of a weapon? Or was it just, um, you know, picked up and, and absconded with? So, I mean, so something to the extent of um, you generally have, uh, based on those values, you get increase in the, in the amount of years, months, and so on. So it's obviously there's, uh, there's uh, larceny both at the federal and at the state level, um, and also with respect to uh, what's involved? I mean, obviously, the federal sentencing is going to be much, much stricter than the than the state side of things, unless it's white collar. Uh, <laughs> but who knows how that applies in uh, in the imperial realm? Um, so, certainly, with respect to the the charges that she could be facing, with respect to the uh, the the theft offenses, you're expecting hefty, hefty amounts here, uh, especially considering that, you know, nothing, nothing in this universe comes cheap, uh, as everyone, as everyone has, uh, found out sooner or later, you know, people even getting their helmets stolen after death. So, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, so, so certainly, um, She's looking at at time with at serious time with respect to the the theft offenses. Yeah, the the federal guidelines are exciting because it. I think the baseline is at least twenty years, and then it's if the the value is over uh, what six thousand five hundred, there's no increase. So if if that's the baseline, there's twenty. Uh, if it's over six thousand five hundred, you add two years. Over fifteen thousand, you add four. Forty thousand six. Uh, if it's more than ninety five thousand eight, so if she stole a ship, you know it's, it's she could be looking at anywhere from twenty to fifty years, depending, yeah, depending on the value of the ship that she took, and mm-hmm. and that's under eighteen USC uh, section 
2B1.1, uh, which is, oh my. Now, <laughs> do you happen to remember the, uh, the estimated values that they did for uh, the very popular Star Wars ships, like the Falcon, the Death Star, and so on? I do not recall, but uh, that would be something to look up. <laughs> yeah. Related blog post, but yes, that's definitely, uh, it won't be cheap. And we don't know what she stole. Uh, it could have been, mm-hmm. been blasters. It could have been food. If yeah. Rebels are in any indication, we have uh, folks stealing fruit. So there's the potential that it could have just been food that was taken. Or since this is a movie that looks like a war movie, probably had some weight to it. So we'll see. (laughs) Uh, Megan, do you want to jump in with receiving stolen property? Oh, um, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was unprepared for that. I was letting the dogs in. Um, (laughs) Um, if I need to ask who let the dogs out, (laughs) (laughs) um, if somebody else could jump in, that would be amazing because I'm totally off right now. It's off, you go. Well, what's handy is it's the same code section as for uh, larceny, so it's it's the same punishments. So it all depends if that's going to be concurrent or not, but she's looking at probably 20 years just having. Uh, stolen property. So uh, we also have special rules at the state level for people who are, have swab meets or pawn shops because we don't want them laundering stolen goods. So if reason to believe that it is stolen property, you just can't go like, I'll turn a blind eye to it. So we have, yeah. we have rules for that. But after that, we get into aggravated assault. And Who wants to jump in to talk about aggravated assault? Well, again, I'll just say a little bit. I mean, this is where I think people don't realize how specific and how kind of weird the sentencing guidelines can be. I mean, with aggravated assault, because it's all about these points and these levels, and they actually will look like, you know, does it involve strangling, strangling, suffocating, or attempting to strangle or suffocate a spouse, an intimate partner, or dating partner, which is obviously like a domestic violence kind of thing. Um, You increase the punishment. If the assault was motivated motivated by like you know financial interests um that then you have to uh increase the levels if the offense involved the violation of a court protection order then you also increase the level so if a firearm was discharged like it's almost a weird drinking game you can play with these federal sentencing guidelines (laughs) (laughs) you have to do these Is that drunk history? We could do drunk law and just start there you go. That <laughs> <laughs> actually would be. Josh, we have a spinoff podcast now that we'll start. <laughs> I can do civil procedure. <laughs> I'll show you diversity jurisdiction. Yeah, I, I don't see that ending. Yes, that could be. Now I'm just having law school flashbacks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yes yes the wine tasting yes. event yes so good times good times drinking in law school definitely go hand in hand trying to figure out these things um, but yeah and then obviously oh yes Josh no go ahead 
I was going to say, then obviously if you add in like assault with a deadly weapon or by force likely to produce great bodily harm, which I'm guessing she would do, then you actually add in other things. You can get, you know, state prison for two, three, or four years if you're using um, a deadly weapon or instrument other than a firearm. Or if you're using a semiotic firearm, you could get three, six, or nine years. Um, let's see. And then, of course, if you're using this against a peace officer or firefighter, which, again, if she's using, you know, aggravated assault against an imperial officer, then you can get uh, imprisonment in state prison for four, six, or eight years. So it can go up and up depending on the different things, um, mm -hmm. kind of the different aspects. So, again as probably any good lawyer will tell anybody when they first give them, you know, like the elevator speech about something they've been charged with or some claim they have, we need more details before we can really make a full evaluation. And our answer to any question will always be, it depends. So. <laughs> but can you consider an imperial officer like a police officer? I wouldn't put the two in the same category as an imperial officer uh, versus like being in the same category as a police officer, I don't see the Imperial officers protecting us in any sort of way like the police are. So is that technically? It all depends if they're the enforcers of the law under the acting government from the empire's perspective, yeah. they're probably similar. What I've noticed in rebels is they don't have police. They have the military conducting law enforcement. And when the military conducts law enforcement, that means that the population is the enemy of the state. And you have them in rebels calling in airstrikes for stealing food and incarcerating people who refuse to sell their farm to the empire. And so it's a very heavy-handed justice system, if we want to call it that, that doesn't seem to have courts, that just seems to use blasters a lot and send people to labor camps, hmm. which would be not a good place to live and explains why there would be a rebellion because let's think about it that would be a sucky place to to be living uh because your idea of due process is not to get shot mm -hmm. so that that gets complicated uh but we might see if they have with rogue one uh we're going to see different types of stormtroopers which is exciting because in the original trilogy, we had the stormtroopers who were probably 501st, Vader's division. And we also saw those who went to Hoth, so they're in the snow gear. And then we saw those on Endor who were on the scouts on the speeders and those who are the ADAT drivers and TIE fighter pilots. And they have slightly different uniforms. We got these black stormtroopers or death troopers, I think they were being called, that are different. And uh, one blog had the idea that maybe they're different divisions who have different uniforms. And so we'll see how that plays out. But we might be seeing more than one shade of stormtrooper. Yet they're all trained by the same, uh, the same individual to uh, not shoot people. <laughs> Rebels made fun of that. So with, uh, uh, with Rex and a, a Kanan uh, in Stormtrooper mm -hmm. attire, and like they couldn't hit things while they were shooting. <laughs> and, and Rex made the comment about, you try aiming in this helmet. So there's, maybe the helmet does obscure the vision enough just to make it, a pain in the neck to be able to, to shoot at something. So, Well, and as lonely Luke Skywalker pointed out on Twitter, 
what is the point of the stormtrooper uniforms? Because literally anything kills them. <laughs> Which I thought was an excellent point. <laughs> That's probably my favorite tweet from him. <laughs> That's a very good point. Mm-hmm. It's really not good armor. They, they... No. It's well, really psychological. It looks intimidating. I mean, realistically, though, if you have the, you know, massive, massive numbers of the stormtrooper horde, for lack of a better term, <laughs> you know, I mean, think about what, it was, what it's going to cost to essentially arm that entire, that entire battalion and to clothe them and to provide them with armor. So maybe they're just operating on sheer numbers and they're like, screw it. They don't need to be protected. We got plenty of replacements anyway. <laughs> that is true. That's great for morale. Uh, because going like, don't worry, there's so many of you, we're not going to invest in body armor because it's expensive. Yeah. Generally doesn't <laughs> do well with the troops. It's what say, what? Um, mm-hmm. However, if you're going to, if you're going to like, you know, if you're going to mass produce something, might as well mass produce that stormtrooper who had the gun come out and like, which was like the coolest thing ever. If they all had that, I think all the rebels would, might be gone. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the specialty weapons to be able to yeah. lay the smack down. Yes, yeah. they, they, they are handy. Well, let's talk about resisting arrest. And I found some California code directly on point that does get into, one, you're not supposed to resist arrest. And if you draw a weapon in order to resist arrest, that can result in imprisonment in state prison for two, three, or four years. Or in the case of the Empire, that's probably just you're going to get shot. And, and How many times you're going to get shot? Yeah. Will they empty the, the blaster into you or what? Uh, make you an example. So it's not, again, the Empire is not a good place to live. There was a reason why they rebelled. So yes. So yes. So with that, what are you each looking forward to the most about Rogue One. And Megan, why don't we start with you? (laughs) Um, Because it's more Star Wars and we get Star Wars every year for the next like seven (laughs) years and I'm super excited about that. Um, (laughs) um, You know, I think that's it. It's just that it's more Star Wars. I don't even really care about the story as much. I mean, I do, but um, I'm just super excited that there's a Star Wars coming out in December. (laughs) It will be the new Christmas tradition for families. It will. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, this past year I talked to a pastor who said he was looking uh, more forward to Star Wars than Christmas. Oh, yeah. That, oh. Was, me. that was me this year. I wow. saw it five times in the movie theater, so I was like, loved it. <laughs> yeah, I was, I think, four. So, yeah, I... I get it. It's the most anticipated movie of 2016. And compare it to the reaction for Star Trek Beyond, which just had fan rage wanting to Mm -hmm. burn posters in effigy for destroying the new ship in the preview. To (laughs) Because, hey, that won't result in an instant court-martial when you lose a three-year-old vessel. But whatever. Uh, oh my God. Do we need to do a separate podcast on that alone? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, no. The, like, look, just because Jack Kennedy got a free pass after getting run over by a Japanese destroyer and he didn't get 
Captain Charles McVeigh IV of the USS Indianapolis did, and it destroyed his career. That's why he died in a hunting accident on his front lawn, because <laughs> 900 of his shipmates were eaten by sharks, and people kept sending him nasty letters for 30 years. Thank God. Okay, that pretty- is very sad, but that's kind of a downer note, so let's try to... this <laughs> information is what I want to know. <laughs> this is me, okay? This is how I'm able to recite all the vice presidents in order. It's what I am. It's what I do. Josh is just well, prepared. Funny, funny little piece of law school history from Josh. We used to do that as a joke to make him like, so let's go. All the vice presidents and presidents. And he would do it like on command. Wow. <laughs> I, we're doing a podcast just on that. I'm just going to show out. 17th vice president. And you've got to name it. that be Arthur? He can do it all. No, no, no. Uh, that would be uh, Johnson. See, he can do it all. It's the craziest thing. Oh, my God. That is funny. Well, let's get back to Star Wars, though, because I'm excited. I want to talk about Rogue One. Okay, so, Jessica, since you're excited for Rogue One, hit us. I am so hoping for another appearance by Darth Vader. At the end of the day, I mean, I love the new Star Wars. Uh, You know, Jenna Urso, is that how you say her name? Looks cool. I love, I do love prequels. I love seeing everybody before, you know, so we get backstory. I love backstory. But the thing I love most about Star Wars is Darth Vader. And that's what Darth Vader was missing from the second trilogy that George Lucas did. And that's even a little bit of a downer. Kylo Ren and his whiny ways just is not the same. (laughs) So I am hoping that Rogue One gives us at least one more chance to see Darth Vader. I think it will, and he'll be slaughtering people. There will be no whining. Be no, no, as long as it has no. Jason Jones' that's it, all I want. It will be the it'll be the bat fleck of the Vaders. <laughs> <laughs> no nipples, hopefully, on the uh, uniform. That's all I'm asking for. <laughs> it will not be emo Darth Vader. It will just go slaughtering rebels like no tomorrow. Expect lightsabers being thrown, heads to come off. I expect somebody to be poked from across the room. <laughs> You know that, um, so I don't know if you guys are fans of the Star Wars page on Facebook, but on there, JJ wrote that Kylo was based off of all the Star Wars fans. Like, just that's hilarious. Emo and like, oh, that's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Oh, I like that. I saw some commentator make a comment that uh, Kylo Ren is basically a gatekeeper. Those who question fangirls and are is a jerk to fangirls because oh you're not a real fan because you're a, you're a girl, uh, that type of personality. And I thought yeah. well, that seems kind of on point. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, nice. I, was, I think of him as a gatekeeper now because he's like what girl? It's like seems to have some issues with women. So yeah, yeah. He's a total fanboy. Yeah. The evil fanboy. Yes, evil fanboy. Evil fanboy. Not a normal fanboy, evil fanboy. Well, even with uh, he even has fanboy rage because you remember <laughs> when um when they when they told him about uh about Ray and then he whips out the uh the lightsaber and just tears the hell out of that uh, that console in front of him. I started laughing. Oh, and the stormtroopers are like, oh, wait, you need to back up and go the other way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, he's totally, like, evil fanboy. It's the funniest thing ever. That is awesome. I like that. <laughs> uh, he, he does it well. I really like Adam Driver. Him on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> 
with the undercover boss that they yeah. was hysterical. And I'm 99% sure that, oh God, what was his character's name? Ben is really Kylo Ren. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he was a Marine and he does all these cool things where he goes like overseas with um, some sort of drama group, but they go over and meet with the troops and stuff. I mean, like he's super cool in real life. (laughs) Wow. Nice. And he does have fabulous hair. He does have fantabulous hair. And if you've seen his body, he's got a fantabulous body. I'll plead the fifth. (laughs) I'm sure your fiancé has looked him up. (laughs) As long as she's not leaving notes in a workout regime for you, you should be okay. So So is that why we got the trainer? (laughs) (laughs) You will look like Kylo Ren. You still look like Kylo Ren. <laughs> Have you seen the draft wedding vows? So just check it out. Check it out. Gotcha. So, Roger, what are you looking forward to the most about the next film? I just like expanding the story. You know, I'm I'm a big uh, sucker for. I don't want to necessarily say spinoffs, but the the furthering of um, of what is a self-contained story. What could what could solely be a self-contained story and really fleshing out, you know, everything around it. And um, in a way, if it's done well, you know, it lends a lot to the initial self-contained story and also can certainly stand alone in its own right. So that's something that's really fun to me. Um, and even, even in the way that, um, that the last movie did, uh, I thought the last movie did a lot of um, a, a great job at being somewhat of an homage while still, doing something different and um i i eat that stuff up so (laughs) that's what i'm looking forward to yeah that's good for me it's star wars does a wonderful job of recapturing childhood and rogue one being set basically in the story that was told to us in 1977 is a weird way for something totally new to give me a nostalgic feeling for my childhood and remembering running around with those toys in the backyard and the joy of, you know, getting the millennium Falcon and chasing my tie fighter with a, my Y wing. It's a strange effect on being able to inspire the sense of nostalgia, (laughs) uh, which is why I got for Christmas. I got Megan, uh, the black series Ray. So, <laughs> yay! <laughs> so, just awesome. So it's that neat feeling, mm-hmm. and the fact that people in their forties could go like, "Yeah, I think an action figure is a perfectly acceptable birthday or Christmas gift." <laughs> <laughs> You're just rude if you didn't give somebody a lightsaber for their birthday. It's just you know, it's like, and that's normal. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's like, wow, that's that's nice. It's that's a great anniversary gift. So it does make it easy. I tell my kids all the time now. I'm like Mother's Day, birthday, Christmas, just buy me like Star Wars stuff. A Star Wars coffee cup, you know, bobblehead, um, water bottle. It's very easy to buy for the geek. There's always something new you can buy for us. There yeah. totally is. I had a I would turn forty this year and my friends threw Ooh. me 
Star Wars 40th birthday. And I was like, oh, the best birthday ever. <laughs> that is awesome. The um, even even like uh, my fiance and I had our bridal shower this past weekend. And uh, we actually got an R2-D2 pizza cutter. Nice. So <laughs> as you're. As you're rolling the pizza cutter across you're hearing like the the peep 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 <laughs> as it's just and it's just constant like it doesn't stop like as long as that pressure is there i so, want that that's what i want now for mother's day there you go just so, go on sorry no, i was gonna say there you go just start passing those notes to to the kids, kids. <laughs> so i have a there's a lawyer that i know who, who's a good friend uh, who's really into robotics and robots law and so he got one of the BB-8, you know, working robots that you can control with his iPhone. And it's like, so is that a tax write-off? Did you convince your <laughs> wife that, honey, I need this for work? Because it's like, it's at the office and he plays with it. Probably mm-hmm. not research. I and have one of those. It's, it's a perfectly good gift. Is I've, there something wrong with that? I love no. that <laughs> I want one. So, yeah, it's... They're, they're fantastic. Yeah. I, I do the same thing with video games. I mean, my practice is, is entirely rooted on professional video game players. So my bookcase in my office is three quarters Nintendo, <laughs> Sega uh, games, PlayStation games, action figures, the whole nine. And, you know, a new game comes out I, that I need to buy because my clients are playing it. Of that, your clients, yes. <laughs> yeah, hey, esports is big business now. But, um, yeah, and then it's art. Well, obviously, I need to play it for research purposes so I can understand what they want to talk to me about. <laughs> so, oh, that is brilliant. That is awesome. It's, it's why I feel good about going to the comic book store and going like, yeah, this is research. This is exactly. Time well spent. That's so, right. Mm-hmm. Beautiful thing. Uh, excellent, excellent. Well, everyone, may the fourth be with you. And also and, with you. And also with you. <laughs> it will always be with you. <laughs> so with that, have a wonderful Star Wars day, and stay geeky, America. Stay geeky. 